Hey, Bunkrackers! Do you like bands like Voodoo Glow Skulls, Willem Scream, Mute, Implants, Darko, Police, Cigar, Tsunami Bound, Big Name, The Kid Stable, Adrenalize, Friends or Rump, Dead by Stereo, Belvedere, Bracket, Dead Fucking Last, Much the Same, and many more? Are you obsessed with band merch like I am? <laughs> if yes, press pause on this episode and go on EpicMerchStore.com! Ah, you can check that website while listening to this episode. <laughs> but yeah, EpicMerchStore.com offers t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, hats, and kids merch for more than 230 punk rock, ska, metal, and hardcore bands from all around the world. They offer many colors and size, and you'll get a flat rate worldwide shipping cost. Yeah, go get your merch at EpicMerchStore.com. Hello, hello, welcome to the Punk Rocket Show, episode 21. My name is Emily Flamandon and I'm your host. I hope you are doing amazing today. I'm from Quebec City, Canada. I'm French-Canadian, that's why I have this accent. Every week I'm sharing my love for punk rock with you. Today I'm really happy to present you the first part of the conversation I had with Matt Appleton from Real Dick Fish. We talked about how he got into playing music and producing, how he got to play Goldfinger and Real Dick Fish. I also make you some recommendations for the band Stay Awake from Thailand and Dead Cemetery from Toronto, Canada. And I went to a live punk rock show a few days ago. I'm gonna talk to you about it. Okay, let's go. I'm excited. I have a lot of energy today. <laughs> Hello, punk rockers. Welcome to the 21st episode of the Punk Rocket Show. Cause it's the 21st episode of the Punk Rocket Show. I don't know how to podcast, but I have a lot of fun. <laughs> okay. I told you I had lots of energy today. Why is that? For many reasons. First reason is because of the new Authority Zero album, Oli Oli Oxen Free. I'm addicted to it. What a great album. Perfect for the summer. Such a banger. I love it so, so, so much. It starts really fast and intense. It sets the energy that we can find on the whole album and it's great. So the band kept this amazing mix of melodic punk rock music and their touch of ska reggae, but I think they pushed their catchy choruses side even more than the previous albums. I just have all the songs in my head all the time. <laughs> and the voice of Jason DeVore is phenomenal. This album is totally in my top five of 2021 so far. But I'm gonna have a problem at the end of the year because I can't stop saying this album is in my top five, top five. But I think I have like 20 albums now in my top five. So we'll see. <laughs> And speaking of Authority Zero, they are going on a US tour in October, November, December, January, February. The second reason why I'm so energetic energetic and happy today is because a few days ago i finally saw a live punk rock show i think i talked to you about that last week but i went to see the band mute which is one of my favorite local bands from quebec city they are good friends of mine so it was really fun to see them i went there with my bandmate simon and i was really happy to see him as well it was a seated show in a big classy venue in Quebec City so uh, it was a little weird because I'm used to see mute in a punk rock crowd you know but I don't care it was so much fun 
And if you don't know Mute, you have to because they are incredible musicians. I really love uh, GP and Etienne's voices. Etienne is one of my favorite musicians in the world. He's an amazing, great singer, but he's also playing drums super fast like a champion while singing. So it's really impressive. I also love the metal riffs that Alex and Matt are adding to the skate punk songs. It's It makes the songs really, really intense. I love this. Let's listen to their song, Fill the Void, that we can find on their latest album, Remember That, released in 2016. So it's about time they release a new album, right? <laughs> Let me amplify. Let me electrify. These words of sorrow. Let me rouse this requiem. I love my local scene so much. 
A few days ago, it was our national day in the province of Quebec, La Saint-Jean-Baptiste, on June 24th. Where Saint-Jean, tabarnak. And I made a playlist. It's called Quebec Punk Rock. It's available on Spotify. You can listen to it and tell me if you discover great French-Canadian bands. But now it's time to listen to the interview I made with Matt Appleton from Real Big Fish. It was super fun to learn more about all his projects because you might be thinking, oh, well, Real Big Fish is touring a lot, so it's probably his only job. But no, he's not only a musician in a big ska band, he's also a producer, an engineer, he's working on some cartoons for kids. So we talked about all of this. He's a big achiever and the pandemic didn't stop him at all. <laughs> Let's listen to the first part of this conversation right now. Interview. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm a, I'm a little hangover though. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. That was me two days. Yesterday I was hungover. Because restaurants are... good today. Yeah, yeah. I'm not that bad. It's just that yesterday the, um, we can now go to the restaurant with other people... Uh, because quarantine is almost over here, so it's the first. It was the first time, yeah. like in almost a year, that I went to a restaurant with friends. <laughs> so we brought a lot yeah. of champagne bottles, and it was like, ah, that was really fun, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, I had my first night out in a long time last weekend. I went to see Bad Fish, that Sublime tribute. Oh band. yeah, cool. And. Uh, Yeah, and then I went to a bar afterwards with people and nobody was wearing masks and it was crazy. Oh, yeah, it's like weird. It's, it's, it's happening now. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Where yeah. where do you live now? I, I I live in New Hampshire. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, And right now, I'm in Vermont right now. Oh, I'm actually, yeah, yeah, so I'm not right. too far from you. No, 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 no. It's like maybe f five hours, four hours from Quebec City. Not that long. Yeah, maybe. And I'm pretty up far north in Vermont. I'm only an hour from the border. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, great. Yeah, it's and uh, the landscape yeah. are great. It's so beautiful. Mountains. It you is. love nature, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I do. You're going on a trip tomorrow, I guess. You you told me you would you would not have yeah. any oh. signal. Right. I I'm going to Montana. Oh. Um my 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 aunt has a ranch in Montana that has a thousand acres on it. Uh, it's it's a massive amount of land, and there's no electricity or running water, no internet, you know, no phone. Wow! You're, you're out there. I'll be there for for a week, oh, and wow. I leave at one in the morning. Our flight is out of Boston at 5 a.m., so I've got to leave pretty early this morning. Oh wow! So no sleep tonight for me. Yeah, and oh, but, but you love nature. I think you need this, right? I see your stories sometimes, a lot of, yeah, I think you need this. Yes, it's it's very good for me. Yeah. I, I'm very excited about it. I, I couldn't go last year because of COVID. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I should do that sometimes. And uh, I usually go every year. Mm, a total deconnection yeah. of social medias, of internet, that must be so, so, so good. <laughs> Yeah, we need a reset every now and again. Totally. But and we don't we don't we don't let ourselves have that very often. Totally. We are like so depending of all that stuff and we we forget to reconnect with with nature and ourselves. Mm. Cool. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm always you know staring at the oh, phone. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> I have 
four yeah. screens right now in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's pretty funny. Yep. <laughs> so today That's how it looks for me at work. Oh uh, yeah. I wanted to talk to you today because yeah, I want to know more about real big fish, but I, I really want to know more about all the other stuff you you're doing. So I just That sounds good. Let's start with the beginning. I want to know how did you get into music? How did you get to play music? You probably started really young. So how were you introduced to all of this? Yeah, um so in my hometown of Barrie, Vermont, where I am right now actually. Mm -hmm. Um had a really strong school music program and it was uh in fourth grade every kid gets to pick Uh, an instrument to play in the mm -hmm. band if you want to join and almost everybody wants to join uh, in this town or use the music programs fallen apart since then but when i was going through it in the 90s um it was really popular and every kid wanted to play an instrument even the kids that you know they, they some of them wouldn't last long because they had no interest in music but it, it was kind of everybody wanted to try it because it was a cool thing to do yeah so i started i, I chose saxophone Oh, because uh, the kid who lived next door was two years older than me and he played saxophone and I thought he was super cool. Oh, nice. I love this. Uh, his name is Jason <laughs> Bellino. Uh, yeah. And so I, I just wanted to be like him. Um, he played saxophone and guitar um, and my dad played guitar, too. Oh, and so I'd hear my, my dad would play guitar to us kids when, when like he'd like sit in between our rooms in the hallway and play for us as we went to sleep every night. So I grew up listening to him play guitar and then my cool neighbor was playing guitar and saxophone. So I picked up saxophone in, uh, and then started to play guitar shortly thereafter. Oh. Um, so in fourth grade. Um, and so I was really into, it was my favorite part of school. Was yeah. Playing in band and jazz band and marching band. And then that carried on to the high school. Our, our high school music teachers were really cool and uh, just really nice guys and really I don't know. It was, it was a fun place to be. Being in the band room was fun uh, and it's where I wanted to be all day. And so I took as many music courses as I could. And, um, hmm. uh, and our, our teachers were really good about like, uh, and, uh, enrolling us in competitions. So we'd like our jazz band would travel and our mm -hmm. marching band would travel to do oh. competitions elsewhere around the country. So you started really and, and young. Have, the jazz band would have, you, you started really young to tour. <laughs> you started really young to touring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, um, and so, yeah, I guess that was the, the beginning of it. Yeah. And um, so I, I then, by the time I went uh, and, you know, I was really into rock music mm. also. And um, so like starting in seventh grade, I had my own band where we play Nirvana and oh. Silver Chair and Green Day covers, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and Uh, just with my buddies, you know, I was in like three or four different bands playing different kinds of music with each band. Um, oh, great. And then in, you know, 96 or so, 95 or 90, the ska craze hit. Yeah. And it was all over the radio, the, you know, Burlington, Vermont's 99.9, the buzz station. And so I was listening to, uh, there's, you know, uh, bands like Goldfinger and Real Big Fish yeah. and the Cherry Poppin' Daddies and Big Bad Voodoo Daddy and, Uh, Royal Crown Review and the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones and um, and all those bands started uh, being played on the radio and on and that was the first time I had ever I mean besides there were there were some horns and like 
Beatles mm-hmm. songs that I listened to that my parents oh. were playing. But other than that, I wasn't, you know, you didn't hear uh, saxophones and trumpets and trombones in rock mm-hmm. music and the stuff I was hearing on the radio. I heard that on the radio and I was like, holy crap, uh, you can have horns in a rock band. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. So I played in bands in high school and then I, I was into the ska and swing thing. Um, and, uh, and then I went off to college. I went to Skidmore College in Saratoga Springs, New York, mm-hmm. and decided to study music. And Skidmore had a recording studio. And so I got really into the recording studio and I just hang out in there all the time, book it whenever it was oh. free. Mm. Um, and it was like the, the first time in my life where I ever found something that I wanted to do and never take a break and never, you know, as you were saying, I, I like being outside and doing nature things, but like being in the recording studio. Um, I, I forgot about all that. And all yeah. I wanted to do was stay in the recording studio. It was a real passion already. So, like, yeah. Right. And, and as much as I always loved playing, I, getting into the studio and making recordings was felt like even more important. Oh, and at, so, this, at this time, um, I'm this, at this time, what was your initial plan about music? What, how would you picture yourself doing? It's one, it was one of the listeners' question, and I think, like, at this moment, you, so you started yeah. playing horns, you started playing guitar, you started uh, being interested with uh, recording, producing. So what was in your mind at this time? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, until I found the recording studio, I didn't know what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, um, in school, you're pretty much, if you're doing music, they're like, well, you can be a music teacher. Oh yeah. And that's kind of the only option they give you, you know? So I was studying music. I never intended to be a music teacher. I wasn't heading down that path. I honestly did not know what I was going to do until I found recording studios. Okay. And then the second I stepped into recording studio. I was like, this is what I want to do. Okay. Uh, this is, this is, um, this, this is going to be my path. So uh, after college, I went to the full sale, you know, that recording school down in Orlando, in Florida. Florida? A lot of people- yeah. 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 yeah uh, I went there. It's a one year or it was a one year program at the time, just a, like a crash course in oh. recording. Um learned as much as I could over that year and then uh, got in my Toyota Corolla and drove to California. Hmm. And um, my, my plan was to get a, a, an internship at a recording studio and work my way up. And that's, that's pretty much what it, that's it. Well, that's exactly what I did. I got an yeah. internship with a record producer named Nick Lane, um, who he did, um, he did uh, talking heads Uh, Patty Smith. Um, yeah, big, um, big names. Yeah, Midnight Oil. Uh, what's that? Um, oh, Living End. Oh, uh, all the Living End records, um, all the Silver Chair records. A uh, bunch of people like that. Really great producers. So I started working for him, and the first record I worked on um, was uh, uh, with the Ataris. Ah. And so right away, you know, right, my first job, I started working with Chris, Chris Rowe from the Ataris. And um, I had a great time making a record with them. Um, and I learned an awful lot from Nick and from Chris mm-hmm. and from the other engineer, uh, Adam Greenspan, who's a great engineer. And I started, um, Chris um, had me play a few shows with him. So I played some 
me and, me and Chris did a, a couple Atari's shows, oh. um, just me and him on acoustic guitars. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, well, we did, well, we did one show and then a radio performance. Mm. Um, so I have a recording of the radio performance somewhere. So anyway, that was like my first gig in LA was playing with Chris. Wow. Um, and then, um, and then after that gig, um, Nick left the States to go to Australia and record the living end and mm-hmm. couldn't take me with him. So uh, I was looking for another job and Chris from the Ataris connected me with Don Feldman, oh. uh, the Goldfinger singer. Yeah. So I got an interview there and then I started engineering um, for John. Oh. And th- so immediately when I got there working for him, um, I, I made a record with a band called Bottom Line that was on Maverick before Maverick went under, but then Maverick went under the record never came out. Then I started, uh, we did a bunch of stuff with Good Charlotte and Beat Union and um, The Matches, The Used, ah. um, Atreyu, Escape the Fate. So it was like um, early 2000? Early 2000, maybe? Like a, 2000, a mid 2000? This is 2005. I yeah, started okay. working there in 2000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So the first half of 2005, I was working with the Ataris. And then second half, I started working with John Feldman. Wow. Uh, with all those bands that I just mentioned. Yeah. Plus like a million more. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like 24-7 in the studio, you know, never taking a day Whoa. off. Um, you know, going home at like four in the morning, going to sleep, waking up, coming right back and Whoa. continuing to work and um so i started doing that and then i started going on tour with goldfinger mm-hmm. when goldfinger would go on tour um and uh playing saxophone for goldfinger and yeah. that's how i met the guys in real big fish ah yeah because we did a tour together we went we went to um first tour i did with real, oh it's actually the first tour i ever did was with goldfinger and real big fish nice um And, um, so that's how I met the real big fish guys. We did, we did that tour. We did a couple U S summer tours. We went to Europe together and we Mm -hmm. went to Brazil, uh, and Argentina Mm -hmm. and Chile together too. So I got to know those guys through that. Um, and I didn't end up joining real big fish until three or four years, four years later, but that's when I first met them. I, I kept working, um, for John and playing in Goldfinger until 2010. Oh, um, and then I And I branched out on my own and um, started um, engineering for, I made a record with Rachel Platten mm-hmm. um, that never came out. She, she, you know, she got that fight song. That was oh. that big pop song a couple of years ago. Cool. Um, so I worked with Rachel Platten and then uh, made a record with a girl named Stacy Clark and then made one more record with Feldman with Panic at the Disco. Wow. And uh, which one? And And, uh, yeah, like my last two records of film were Foxy Shazam and Panic at the Disco. And it was both awesome records to make. Wow. Um, so yeah. And then, then at that point I was freelancing and, uh, but pretty quickly I joined real big fish. And then ever since then I've been touring and, uh, and making records on the side with people, uh, whenever I have time. And, um, well now I've had a lot of time. Um, but then, uh, also recording horn parts for people so i do a lot of that a yeah. lot of horn arrangements for other bands it's it's very it's really cool because you already knew real big fish of of course and you were like 
back to when you were like a teenager or you were like, oh yeah, I love this band and now you got to play with them. So, and same for Go for Goldfinger too. So how was it? Like, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, and yeah, it was, I mean, it's not something I set out to do, which is the funny thing. You know, I just wanted to work in recording studios. Yeah. Um, I never expected to be in a band, especially bands that I already knew and loved. Mm -hmm. Um, that it was a, a complete coincidence, you know, that, 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 that first internship ended up with a producer that was working with the Ataris. <laughs> and then that the, Atar, that, that Chris from the Ataris happened to know John Feldman and connect me there. And um, yeah, so that job was, I could have ended up anywhere. Right. I was just, yeah, exactly. But that job was the bridge between ska, uh, the big world of ska and engineering. So it was exactly this job that led you to play in those bands because you could end it up in yeah a, it was per you could have ended up in a jazz band if you found a job related I, to jazz who knows <laughs> right yeah i could i i was when i moved to los angeles i was down to do anything you know as long as i got to work in music yeah i was going to be fine i i, oh. I wasn't going to be picky about what kind of music i worked on but i ended up getting to work Uh, in a genre that I care about yeah. um, a lot. It's... Uh, and I've gotten to do a lot of other things too. It's, you know, as I've mentioned, you know, I, I like, um, you know, Veronica's and Hillary Duff and people yeah. like that. Wow. <laughs> um, but um, uh, it's, 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 so it's, it's been fun to have a variety, but it's, all, it's, it's been really special to get to work in a genre mm -hmm. the, in, in punk rock and ska and like stuff that I, I I've always listened to and that I've really cared about. Yeah, but but playing in Real Big Fish means a lot of tour because I read that you could play like 200 shows a year. So how could you manage your first passion, which is recording and engineering and going on tour that much? Because it's, it's intense. <laughs> right. It is intense. And so, yeah, I, uh, for the last 10 years, um, I've been... Um, Mostly touring, like you said, 200 yeah. shows a year most of the time, uh, which is an, an awful lot of shows. Yeah. And so I'm hardly ever home. And, and so it's, it's, it's been pretty tricky to coordinate with bands, mm -hmm. right? Like it's, it's hard to line up a band to record when you don't know when you're going to be around <laughs> and when you're gone all the time. So I have done, I've done mostly horn section work, you know, mm -hmm. do that while I'm on the road. Oh, cool. Um, anytime a band needs a horn arrangement. I can do that wherever I am. You know, I always bring oh, a recording stuff with me. That's how you can manage and, um, this. <laughs> yeah. And it was perfect too, because, um, I mean, the, the funny thing is I wouldn't have been able to do that in 2005, but by 2011 or 2010 and 11, the technology was good enough so that I could fit a whole studio yeah. in my backpack. Wow. Instead sure. of lugging around tons of gear in cases, you know? Yeah. So I could have everything I needed in a backpack and bring it around with me all over the world. And, It helped me fill in that time because, you know, when you're on tour, mm -hmm. there's so much downtime. You're just sitting around waiting. Yeah. You know, totally. and you're not always in a fun place where you can like go, go for a walk and see cool things. No. You know, sometimes you're in like a crappy part of town and there's nowhere to go or it's like it's super cold out. Yeah. Um, and you're just stuck there in a dressing room and like a dirty dressing room. And you're like, yeah. Ugh. So having that recording to do was really helpful for me on tour too. And I got to be, I've gotten to be on all these cool records. Um, 
uh, and tour at the same time. I also, over the last 10 years, I've been making a lot of uh, children's music for DreamWorks yeah, TV. Yeah, that's great. Um, I've got, amazing. I've got a ton of stuff on YouTube if people want to look up sung history, sung science, and yeah, every so like, single thing are the um, three there's cartoon ep- series I did for DreamWorks. There's an episode about space and like you, the universe. Did yeah. I see that? <laughs> it's amazing. That's right. Uh, I love, because yeah, I- we cover all kinds of topics. Uh, you know? We yeah. do like world history and American history. And then also like we have a rap song about the different parts of cells oh. and um, uh, a, a song, uh, um, a Bon Jovi style song about atoms, <laughs> you know, or a, a reggae song about the, the nervous system. Oh, I love this. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so there, like... <laughs> there's a lot of fun stuff. We, we did. I, I did a little punk rock song with, uh, with an eight-year-old girl singing. Her name's Molly, or she's oh. older than eight now, but at the time she was eight. And she sang oh. this this really fun punk rock song about uh, accidental inventions. Oh. When uh, when people would be trying to create something and accidentally invent something else. Wow. Like we talk about cornflakes and <laughs> post-it notes. Uh, that's all I can think of off the top What's of my head. It? But, you know, there's a fun little fast punk song with an eight-year-old girl singing about post-it notes, which is pretty cool. What's the story about cornflakes? Um, I'm curious now. Oh, yeah. So the cornflake guy, he was he was messing with cornmeal, mm-hmm. um, trying to make something with cornmeal, and he spilled it on top of a hot stove. <laughs> and there's like the, it like spread out and then wow. cooked into these... In, into this sheet of stuff that broke into flakes. <laughs> and voila, he had cornflakes. He, he didn't mean to do it. He put milk <laughs> in it and said, oh, it's pretty good. Let's be famous with yeah, this. <laughs> this is pretty good. <laughs> Great. Mm-hmm. So you, I'm happy that you, 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 you're telling me that you, you could manage doing all those things while you're on tour. So you didn't have to ask yourself to choose and like be super like, sad about choosing one or the other thing <laughs> right and yeah it was it it, it was t- it, it's it's kept my like it it's kept my head in that world a little bit too and kept my my name in that recording world mm-hmm. um and just kept my skills up too um so which has come in handy now you know for for the last year and a half now I haven't gotten to tour. I haven't played a show yeah. since last March. Yeah. And I don't know when the next one's going to be. So I'm back into recording full time. And um, it, it feels good to be back making records. Um, yeah, that's what I wanted to so, ask you because you're really busy. So I guess pandemic was a little... Th- 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 there was a, a bright side of it because you could focus only on music producing and being really into it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thankfully right as right before the pandemic started, I started, uh, producing a record for Big D and the kids table. Yeah. So, uh, we got started on that record, um, right before we left for a tour at the end of February. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we laid down the basic tracks in Boston in February. And then, uh, then the pandemic hit after our tour that we went on together. And so we were kind of able to, take our time and really make a great record. We, we, at the beginning of the pandemic, when we couldn't get together, we would, um, since the basic tracks were done already, we were able to, we had, um, rough demos to listen to and we'd all make up different horn parts. And then Mm -hmm. the horn section 
and me would get together once a week to go over all the horn parts that we had written for songs. And we'd, um, you know, kind of give thumbs up or thumbs down on different horn parts. So we went on like that, like working on the record remotely for a few months. And then last summer we were able to get together, like everybody like quarantined. And then we got back together and finished the record. And then I got to spend later in the summer and into the fall editing and mixing it. Um, So I spent a lot of the pandemic just working on that big D and the kids table. record. And um, it's really good. (laughs) And I'm really excited for it to come out. Songs are going to start getting released in July. I think it's a great pandemic life. Will be out this fall. <laughs> oh, great! And so, if we talk specifically about your work with them, so you help you you write horn sections, melodies. What? Or you you you're not just mixing mixing. You're producing too. Is that correct? Yeah. Right. Yes. Okay. That's right. Yep. Yep. I I produced this record. So yeah, it was um, their song. The songs like you know Dave had written all the lyrics and like the band had worked mm-hmm. out the arrangements for the most part. Um, so a lot of that was sorted out, you know, these guys have been doing it for a long time. They know what they're doing. They don't need a whole lot of guidance. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but yeah, there were, and then there's a lot of stuff where we just like record tons of guitar parts and tons of keyboard parts. And then I'd go through and pick out the best bits afterwards. Oh. So, you know. um, but with the horn parts, there was nothing written. So I got oh. together with the horn section Or actually, we all worked independently of each other and each, you know, like every week we assignment to work on a song. Okay. And so the next week we'd meet about that song and every horn player would have sent an MP3 of their idea for that song. And oh. then we'd take like the best bits that we liked from everybody's idea and combine them together. And then we'd have a, have the part written for that song. So, we, so... we took our time writing all the horn parts for the album and, and they ended up being like really really intricate and interesting. And mm-hmm. uh, I think since everybody, like we all wrote horn parts for like the entire song, but we just like use a little bit of everybody's ideas. And it you know, allows... so it's not one person's idea all the way through. And yeah. And it allows you to be super creative. It's fun. It sure does. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so thank goodness I had that record to do during the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. And uh It was a lot of fun. Uh, cool. Um, and we just recorded a music video for it last weekend. Oh. Or two weekends ago down in Boston. It's going to be a cool video. Can't and wait. And stuff's happening. I'm excited. It's coming out on Sidewalk Dummy later this year. There, yeah, September. Oh. Or so. That's amazing. And I saw that you won a Grammy, right? That was. Oh, for- I was nominated. For, oh, nominated. Um, That's yeah. great. I was nominated, yeah, for, for Best Rock Performance. That's But, um, amazing. Chris I Cornell won. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, that was in 2018. 2018. Oh. Okay. Great. Yeah, so it was with a, uh, uh, I recorded with a band called The Fever 333. I don't know them. And I'm forgetting the name of that dude's other, what Jason's other band was. Jason from Fever. He's, he was in a band that I knew on Warp Tour. Man, really oh. heavy band. I forget the name of it really? now, though. Are they like... Somebody out there knows. Somebody that watches this will know. Yeah, probably. <laughs> cool. I'll, I'll look it up while we're talking. And then I'll... Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, that, that, that was pretty awesome just to get a nomination. Yeah, um, that's huge. And I, I, was, I was with my friend Joel uh, out in Malibu. We were just like sitting on the beach. And it was a super rainy day, but he, <laughs> he was visiting Salt Lake. And we were sitting on the beach and listening to the, to the Grammys. Grammys on the radio, like 
waiting to find out if I had won or not. And then when Chris Cornell got announced, I was like, oh, but fair enough. Chris Cornell's awesome. You know, yeah. like if you're going to lose to somebody, Chris Cornell's yeah, a good yeah, person to lose to. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good attitude to have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't argue with that. Chris Cornell's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I saw you, you made a lot of collabs during pandemic. You worked with Goldfinger. I saw some quarantine videos with them. You released other stuff too. It's fun. So you, you work on, with Big D and the Kids Table, but you worked also on many other projects. Right. And I, I totally forgot about that, actually. Yeah, we made a whole Goldfinger record during quarantine and oh. we did all the horns for that Goldfinger record. Um, that was, yeah, we made that. Uh, that was starting in like May or June, worked mm -hmm. on that through the summer last year. Jeez, I forgot about that. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> But I was talking about a quarantine <laughs> yeah, we, we video, video. <laughs> when I didn't thought about that. <laughs> But my pleasure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Yeah, it's it's been fun to do those videos. I yeah, I did I did those with Goldfinger. Yeah. I did I've done one with Ballyhoo. Huh. Um and uh oh I just did one that's it's coming out this week. Um one of the you know, Mikey and his uke. Mm. Have you seen those videos oh, yeah, yeah, with yeah. like Darren from Goldfinger on drums and yeah, I think you, I did. You know, it's usually him. Anyway, this one that I just did that's coming out next week. Cool. We did a Prince song. Oh, and I don't remember the name of it already, but but it's me and Buddy from Less Than Jake, uh, Lauren from The Warriors. Oh yeah, great. Um, Darren from Goldfinger, and oh, the guy from Pennywise, whose name I forget, bass player for Pennywise. Uh, Randy. Um, is it Randy? Yeah, Randy. Okay, great. Yeah, that's right. Wow, um, that's so an that's, all star. That's coming out. Uh, I think this coming week. Oh, I can't wait. That's exciting. I wish I could yeah. do. I wish so I could do stuff like that too someday. It's great. Yeah, uh, it, it's. Fun. Yeah. I, this is yeah. Uh, these the quarantine videos have been like a fun little thing that's emerged from the pandemic. Get, getting to to record remotely with so many different people, and yeah. I, I'm very glad I've gotten to do some of that. It allows people to work with different people and it's really fun for the fans too because we're like, oh, look, those people that I, I love their band separately, they, they are playing together. It's really fun for us to watch. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's the best. Uh, I get really excited and I'm like, oh my gosh, that person knows that person? Yeah. And, wow, this right. is so cool. <laughs> and, you know, and I remember being a kid and like seeing like when, when like... Uh, Somebody from one band would show up on stage with, an, with another band that I love. I'd be like, oh, I like know. mind blown, you know? It's great. So I, ho I hope that people get, get those feelings from anything that I'm ever a part of where they like, I, I mean, my mind's blown getting to make a, yeah. a video like, like the one I was just describing with the, the Mikey and his uke people. It's, it's so cool. Nice. You know, stuff, stuff I never would have imagined myself doing um, 15 years ago. Oh, life is great. Yeah. You just listened to the first part of the interview I made with Matt Appleton from Real Big Fish. I can't wait until next week because you're going to have part two of this interview. And I asked him the Patreon questions. That was great. Oh, and we also talked about Avril Lavigne at some point. You'll see. <laughs> Repugmentation. Before the end of the show, you're gonna hear two repunk-mendations! The first one is for a band from Thailand called Stay Awake. Okay, okay, okay.
I have a crush. A big crush. A huge crush, crush, crush on their songs. <laughs> They were formed in 2018. They are playing punk rock mixed with some hardcore influences. They remind me a lot of Boyset's Fire, especially because of the vocal emotion and intensity. On Portraits, their latest EP release in March... They worked with Yodam Benarin from Useless ID and it's an amazing collaboration. The, the EP is just so perfect. Let's listen to their song Inroads. The last repunk mandation for today is for a fantastic band from Toronto, Canada, Deb Cemetery. They've been playing together since late 2019. They are playing fast and technical skate punk. I really, really love this band. <laughs> They released a great, great album in 2020 called Dig It Yourself. And you should dig it yourself because it's really good. <laughs> and a new single recently came out for their song Daved and Confused. Oh, wow. Makes me emotional because it's just so good. 
If you like a Willem scream in Belvedere, this band is totally for you.
Hate and Confused from Dead Cemetery on the Punk Rocket Show. I really love the music transitions and the vocal arrangements in this song. This is the end for today, my friends. If you want to support the show, you can subscribe, you can share it everywhere. Be a Punk Rocket Show super spreader. You can give me five stars on iTunes, and if you want to financially support the show and me, you can subscribe to my Patreon page for some exclusive content, or you can make also one-time donation on Buy Me A Coffee or PayPal. All the links are in the show notes. Thank you so much to our sponsor, EpicMerchStore.com, and to Scott Hallquist from 10Football for the edit and co-production. On the next episode, you're gonna hear the last part of the conversation I had with Matt Appleton from Real Big Fish. I'm also very excited for amazing guests I will announce next week. Until then, funk your life and see you next week. I love you guys. Yeah, yeah. I don't know all of you, but I know I love you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye, bye, bye.